When you begin to deconstruct everything you've believed, you begin to wonder who you are. You're left wondering, how do I view the world now? It's like someone healing from ongoing abuse, and they don't really know who they are without it. If they're not an abuse survivor, who are they? If you're not a Christian, who are you? It's a big question for a lot of people. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. My name is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Boy, if I ask that question and, and some other voice comes in with a name, I'm going to be shocked. Because <laughs> it needs to be you. Especially because you're sitting here looking at me. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> Come say hello to us, freedhearts.org. We would love to connect with you. Um, you know, when you start to dis- deconstruct or when you get through go on this deconstruction journey uh, and you tear apart and rebuild, deconstruct and reconstruct everything you've believed, you can begin to wonder, who am I? Let's just say with the deconstruct part, you haven't even gotten to the reconstruct yeah, yet. That's right. Who am just I? A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big thing about deconstructing an entire worldview is that you're left wondering, uh, how do I view the world now? Yeah. You know, it's like someone who's healing from ongoing abuse and they don't really know who they are without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not an abuse survivor, then who are you? If you're not Christian in the way that you've previously understood it, who are you? It's profound and it's a really common question. Yeah. We've always said that if you pull out the one Jenga piece of being queer that the church has gotten that wrong about, you know instinctively that there'll be a lot more pieces to remove. That's what, that was they our... That they was may our, fall on their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about them? That was, that was my experience. I was like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. If I've been mistaught, if the church has been so wrong about these seven passages, what else are they wrong about? Mm-hmm. And where does that stop? Is there something inside that whole ball of string or not? And if you continue to unravel the questions, am I going to end up all alone? What, who am I? <laughs> I think that's a big question. I think it's a very big question. Yeah. So we, want, we can go at this from many angles over several episodes, really. But today we want to talk about what's your relationship now to Christian organizations. Do you want to go to that affirming conference or not? Mm-hmm. And the idea for this specific question came from someone asking me if she should go to this certain Christian conference. It's affirming or she wouldn't be considering it. And she's only thinking of going to connect with other families in her situation, which is being a deconstructing mom. But so much harm has happened to her queer daughter through church that she's not sure now where to turn. I will say too that some of that harm, we talked last week about parents who quote support, but don't affirm. Mm-hmm. So that harm continues sometimes even in, in churches who are accepting, but not fully affirming, you right. know? So it's, it's tricky Yes, in this, in the Christian world, Christian organizations, yes. Christian conferences now. Yes. Yes. And it, definitely if they're not, really affirming. But even if they are, it's kind of like your, your position has changed. Yeah. 
And again, because so many other things, it's not just deconstructing the church's belief about LGBTQ. It's deconstructing a lot. It's deconstructing <laughs> the construct. Yeah, the patriarchy, misogyny. The, yeah, uh, the whole uh, premise the whole on which yeah. the foundation is laid here. Yeah. And you, in this beloved community, you know, you may know your own position about this, and you may go to gay-affirming conferences, and you may even be part of a thriving church, or affirming, or possibly non-affirming, but you may be there for particular reasons, you know, um, and it may be a good fit for you, or it may cause you angst, or you may be like, I am so <laughs> done, no thank you. Yeah. And I, I need to say that our role here is not to move you to some other place, okay? It's an authentic look at some of these underlying questions. Yes. You may have spent years in this system, and you deserve, beloved, to be able to have an authentic conversation about maybe not being in this system, about the system itself and how to think of it and relate to it now. Yes. And we, of course, we're not telling you how to think. We're telling you how we think, okay? And we're telling you, we're inviting you to think. (laughs) Yeah, we're inviting you to think too, which we've talked about this a lot, but in the the rules-based behavior-focused church, they really don't want you to think. No, they really don't. It's yeah, too so, threatening. So with all the care and observation and experience that's gone into that, uh, we want you to think. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And we, as we've probably made clear, we are in the place of, I am done, no thank you, when it comes to church and church church organizations. Though I did recently give mm-hmm. a talk, didn't I, a sermon at my friend's church, Christ Church by the Sea in California. In Newport Beach, California, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to them. Hi, Paul. Yeah. And... uh Paul Caput's the pastor. And yes, I, uh, you know, I guess if the pastor's gay, like my friend is, <laughs> I'll speak at the church. <laughs> and no, I'll speak at churches. I'm just not interested in sitting in the pews for more information. Mm-hmm. We did that for many years, maybe too many years. I don't know. And we were there primarily for the community. It's where we found community and that's kind of baked into it. They talk about church family, et cetera. And it can take a, a while to realize that that church family, mm. it's dysfunctional. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. tell you where we stand, how we've thought through this to help give voice to thoughts or feelings that you may not have been able to find the words for. You know, because listen, we tend, we tend to downplay our thoughts or feelings, because we've been conditioned to do that. Yes. Because it fits into making us a commodity rather than a person. Exactly. But those thoughts or feelings are a treasure of insight that you really want to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And the simplest place to start is that we have grown in, we've grown weary of the American evangelical church constantly feathering its own nest with no true regard for the least of these that Jesus told us to care for. Our charge as followers of Christ is to challenge the powerful and support the disempowered. But this large swath of the church is doing the opposite. It empowers the powerful and it wounds the wounded. (laughs) We were talking just just a little bit ago about uh, a future episode coming up probably in just a few weeks about 
uh, how unchristian Jesus is, <laughs> you know, so, yes. um, so look forward to that. So yeah. there was a church, um, <laughs> we, there's a road we go down all the time here in the Seattle area. And there was a church nearby whose bus caught on fire. Now, I don't know if it was vandalism or what, but that burnout bus, but it caught on fire and it was really burned out. Yeah. But that burnout bus sat in their parking lot for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's on a main road near the house. So everybody would see it. So we would see it and say, I mean, and, 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 you know, I said they could have removed that in just two days, but they kept that there. Yes. Yeah. It was really interesting. Like, um, are they showing how put upon they are? How, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I was probably just, they are whatever. I may have just been cynical. I'm not, yeah. not, you know, but we're suspicious of this, of them mainly because we're very suspicious of the system right. and, and their intent. And they've honestly, they've, they've earned, earned that. Yeah, they've earned that. Yes. And modern evangelical churches have earned that reputation of being in it for themselves. I, I believe they left that sit there. It was, I think it was near the end of the year. Even, yep. And they left that sit there. It raised money. It was a great, it was a great look what's happening to us. Yeah. You yeah, know, I wouldn't have thought in those terms, but as soon as you said yeah. it, I thought, I bet that's true. Yeah, because they're in it for as much as they can get for them, not for the least of these. Yeah, we're not we're that not even saying clear. that church itself. We're saying churches. The system, that system. Yes, it, it breeds that. And another problem we have in all this is the hypocrisy. And yes. I just read an article that that is one of the main things that is just, that is just driving this decl- this overall decline in church attendance is the hypocrisy. Yes. Where some things get a pass, like just putting it out here, like rampant sex abuse by priests and pastors, and other things don't, like LGBTQ. I mean, go figure that out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we figured it out. There's, <laughs> it's about power and, and, and us, money and structure. Right, right. Yeah, and we know the reason for this because... Men in authority abusing children and women fits their patriarchal model, while gender bending does not. Gender roles bending does not. Yeah. Again, they they have to have a binary box so they can determine who's in and who's out. Yeah. And they have to have men in charge and women not in charge. And you've got to keep those genders straight. It's that us versus them teaching of contempt. Again, we talked about this before. Go back and and search. It's one of the, I think, first 10 or 12 episodes, but it's our most popular episode of all time. And it's the teaching of contempt, yeah. that whole us versus them. But I mean, there, there's so many examples also of duplicity. Yeah, yeah. So we're also suspicious of churches that don't clearly tell you whether they're affirming or not. There's a great website called churchclarity.org. And some churches won't answer or they're welcoming, but not affirming. Now I have to say there are a lot of churches that should be on there that aren't strictly because of the the people power of clearing and getting them on there. So yeah. you know Well church clarity specifically just asks a church to be clear. Tell yes. us tell us where, where you, you stand. stand. Right. Yeah, that website and gatechurch.org are two really good sites to find out to find the affirming churches in your yeah. area. But as you said, they're not they're not complete yet. It may be gatechurch.org I was thinking of yeah. with the yeah. the Behind, And you may see this a little bit in the recent um, decision by the Pope 
that, and I don't want to get into this very much, but, but that, that priests can bless same-sex marriage. And I celebrate that. And I think, it's, I think it's movement in the right direction. But, um, but it's incremental. But, but Kevin, the bad theology kills. Kevin. Yeah, I know. Oh Garcia. God. Kevin Garcia. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. We just forgot your name, but we know it. Um, we love you. That Kevin's is not great. unusual. But he talked about how, okay, uh, thanks. But in the same thing, he reconfirmed that marriage is between one man and one woman. He said there can be nothing even remotely like a wedding ceremony or even a civil union ceremony. So um, as Kevin said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. We, we don't need your approval. And anyway, At all. Yeah. So that duplicity continues of every day on all kinds of stuff. <laughs> okay. But the fact that these churches are not affirming is often buried so you can't even tell it on their website or on their marquee. Yeah. And sometimes not even until you get in there or have been in there for a while. Yeah, because why do they bury it? Because they want it both ways. Right. If they're trying to bury it, what are they afraid of? What yeah. are they ashamed of? So Yeah, they don't want to seem unfriendly yeah. to LGBTQ people and allies because they know how unpopular their viewpoint is because of how wrong it is. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe you'll get in there and change your mind. They'll, they can change their mind for you. Change no. your mind for you. And they don't want to, don't want to piss off the donors right. it, to upset the givers who are used to throwing their weight around with their money to have things the way they want, especially the big major givers. In other words, they want to keep their numbers up, keep their givers happy, both which translate to money. Yeah. And if, if, if it means sacrificing the LGBTQ community, yeah. it's what well, they do every day. Yeah. They consider you expendable. Exactly. Right. Because, and Because if, yeah, you're the thems. Yeah. We're and the if, thems. Yeah. And we believe that if you're going to be non-affirming, then be non-affirming. But don't trick people. Don't hide it. And trick people into thinking you're friends when you're not. Don't hide the fact that you're not affirming. Yeah, I, I would love to see these, these like the the uh, the cases of the bakers and the photographers that won't serve LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if that's if mm-hmm. you're so sure of that, put the sign on your door, right, on your website. We right. do not serve, and let right. it fall where it may. Right. But they won't do that. Right, and then you feel like a victim because people because your numbers drop yeah. off because they know they right. well, I think they know. Right. Anyway, okay. Um, Doesn't sound dramatic in the least. Yeah. (laughs) But it's accurate and truthful. Yeah. And this this woman I was talking to about it said, I don't fit with non-Christian parents because they don't fit their, they don't perceive life through the lens of Jesus. But I don't fit within the church because as my sister said, you need to love God and his word more than your child. To which I responded, I can do both. It's, (laughs) It, 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 it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> she said it's horseshit that I'm often, I've said bullshit like that's less bad. She said it's horseshit. I don't know. Have you compared? It may be. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Don't. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that I am often bombarded. Um, you know, it's, it's the, sorry, I'm going to have to say it again. It's the horseshit that I'm bombarded with by my sister's and that is so embraced yeah. by many, she said, and and me too. Although now my sister and I don't talk, so yeah. now um, we know 
we know there are a lot of people still working within the church structure yeah. to try to bring more justice into it. I, again, I, I, I love them. Yeah. I know you're listening. Many of you, there are a lot of you, again, still working within that structure, within yeah. the church, to try to bring more justice. We appreciate them so much. Well, but just, yeah. We appreciate them if they feel called to do it. It's not like somebody's got to do that, so we're glad you're in there. You do it only if you feel in your heart that that's a good thing for you to do. You feel called right. to it. Because you can sashay away and leave them to God. Yeah, and, and if it's hurting you, then we think you should get out. Yeah. And, we, and God isn't going to call you to stay there yeah. and be hurt, Yeah, I think. Yeah, and we, again, we don't want to tell you what to do. Our, our, what Even we always though we say, sometimes do. We sometimes do. <laughs> what we want you to do is listen to the Spirit and follow the Spirit, period. That, that still small voice. And that, yeah. that voice is for you and you alone. You know what I mean? It's, yes. between you, it's between you yeah. and the Spirit there. We yeah. have lost faith in the structure itself. The yeah. modern religious church the modern religious it's church. It's not even biblical, actually, yeah. the modern religious church, but go no. ahead. Yeah, we've, we can get into this. There's great, yeah. you know, so much of what we believe, or what is touted as Christianity comes from things that happen and decisions that were made and edits and translations and Well, and, and, even and not creeds. that, I was just... No, that, that were made in hundreds of years after Jesus. Right, right. You know, uh, Jesus is just clickbait but, for yeah. so many churches right now. Even the, I was just saying... Sorry, it got us off track. No, but sorry, go ahead. Even meeting every Sunday for church, that's not even a biblical model. Yeah. That's yeah. not in the Bible as a yeah. biblical model. I mean, for us, the modern religion, not just for us, the fact is that the modern religious church has caused irreparable damage to the culture and to itself. It's followed leaders to fracture families and to force people out of the protection of community and into the margins. Mm-hmm. We've seen this personally from, from our own story and from relatives who have been rejected, who, I'm sorry, who have rejected us because we champion LGBTQ plus people. And in the droves of people, like many of you there, who have come to us with hearts broken by church and family. Yeah. This is our experience. Yeah, and when I see churches asking people to come back, saying they're sorry for what they've done, but they're not rethinking the system from the bottom up, I go cold. Because even if LGBTQ people gain acceptance in church, it's still the wrong system. Mm. Jesus never told us to build structures to bring people in every Sunday with bouncers at the door to judge people worthy or unworthy to pass through the doors. Or where they're seated, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And in the... You know, you add in the patriarchy, the misogyny, the racism that seems to be inherent in this system. And, well, the whole thing is anathema to what Jesus taught us. Whether it's slavery or witches or LGBTQ people or immigrants or refugees. Or children. The hate taught against children is unbearable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably another episode. Yes, it probably is. But um, the point is here that there's always a scapegoat. Again, always a them. Always an enemy. There's no hero without a villain. There's no us without them. And LGBTQ people and non-LGBTQ people have lost interest in a system that may say, okay, you can play with us now, but still excludes others. Yeah, It's just shifted their sin du jour 
but they're still consumed with sin of other people. Yeah, with othering people. And with othering people. And when they believe that they're unquestionably correct, (laughs) they, which is, and they cannot be questioned. (laughs) Yes. In all of their theology, their biblical interpretations, that's, for us, that's not a system to be part of. Yeah. Questions aren't allowed. We hear this all the time. I couldn't even, I ask a simple question and the next thing I know, the youth pastor is running down the hallway with Bible in hand to go talk to my child. Yeah. They shame people who ask questions. Yeah. The foundation of this, the foundation is all wrong in so many ways. Yeah. And if you're unwilling to ever admit being wrong about anything, if you don't hold a posture of humility to say, yeah, we were wrong about slavery. We've been wrong about women. And yeah, we might be wrong about LGBTQ. Our track record actually isn't that great. If you're not willing to stand in that position, then you're not trustworthy, church. That humility Jesus talked about, yeah, you don't have that. I mean, remember that this country was founded on, honestly, on white male supremacy. Yes. When the founders could be part of declaring another human being less than a full human being. This country was founded on on white males, the only ones who mattered, the only ones who had access to those inalienable rights that are self-evident were white male landowners. Yeah, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, men, are created equal. And by all, we mean white yeah. Who are landowners? Now we can't, and we can't fix race and misogyny and oppression of the poor until we restructure that core foundation. Yes, and the modern evangelical church is founded on not treating others well, as it you know as it was founded on for the first three hundred years after Christ, but instead shifted into who's in and who's out. Mm-hmm. And those lines may shift, but the real change is beyond having lines to separate us in the first place. Yeah, that, that, it's that whole us versus them, who's in, who's out. That's exactly, as opposed to everybody's in. Right. Love, love, love. Which is what Jesus <laughs> Love God, us. love others. Everything else falls under that. Yeah. You don't need to worry about anything but that. Yeah. And the church could use its, I mean, oh my gosh, the church could use this immeasurable resources for good. Yeah. All not the people the, they rally every week. Not the average of, what is it, 15, 16% of their entire budget that goes to anything besides buildings and salaries? Yeah, 85%. Or somewhere near that. Is, yeah. is on salaries and buildings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could, they could use, they could, um, just imagine that they could do that for the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus called us to, to bring healing in our fractured and broken social systems to feed the hungry. But instead, it continues to splinter us. I mean, that's uh, to, to just splinter us, polarize us into more disparate, angry, and self-righteous groups. And I don't know where this is heading. It's unnerving to me how polarized it is. And it, it seems to me that, seems to us, that the non-affirming, patriarchal, rules-based, behavior-focused church is at the core of this of this division. Mm-hmm. And Oof. i i I feel like I feel like we're 
in this moment, like on a diatribe here. And, and well, we're telling you what, what, what we feel. And I think, but honestly, well, we're but, telling you because we talked about, you know, what happens if you deconstruct and, and why should you deconstruct? Why might you want to deconstruct? And it's because this, we're showing you how the system is broken, really, in case you haven't seen it quite yeah. for yourself. We're showing you. Well, I think we, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about if I deconstruct, well, I'll lose who I am. Really, I'm afraid to deconstruct because what's out there. But I think we're pointing out that the core of what you're deconstructing from is faulty. So whatever is out there yeah. is going to be freeing. That's why freeing hearts to love and be loved. That's, that's, that's part of our mission statement. And, um, and it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's 2024. And this, I know you can feel it, beloved, but it's ramping up towards some things happening later in the year and with elections and things like that and current and upcoming Supreme Court decisions, all those kind of things. It's ramping up. So are we on a diatribe? Yeah, a little bit, but I think it's time for that. Yeah. I think we have to speak up here. Yeah. Even when our voice shakes, yeah. we have to speak up. Yeah. You know, you've seen this meme out there, but I don't want my little baby grandchildren to say, hey, oh my God, when that was going on, what did you do? Yeah. What did you say? Did you do or say, did you try to stop it? Did you help stop it? Yeah, anyway. And sometimes I feel weary, like a sympathizer in the South who wanted to help in slavery, or a German who watches people increasingly fall in step with Hitler. And I know that sounds dramatic. And, you know, it, it sometimes feel, feels, though, like that's what we're up against. Mm-hmm. And as I told this mom I was talking to, we are way underpaid and way overworked. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, and she wrote some encouragement back. She said... I'm sad for your weariness, but I want to encourage you to keep it up. Get slowly but surely, members of churches are looking outside of, of churches for support and navigating a new life with a child who is trans or gay or bisexual or the myriad of the church's cast-offs. Mm. And I know that's true. And I've been reading a little bit more about the Waldensians, my ancestors, who are among the first Protestants to protest the abuses of the church. And it was a long slog to make real headway to get to the Reformation. And they were, they were hundreds of years before the Reformation. But we are in just as big a Reformation right now. Yeah. Just as necessary and just as timely. And it might even be a Reformation that, that is not a reforming, but a deconstruction and reconstruction. Yeah, a reconstruction yeah. or something. Yeah. And don't grow weary, but the, the point is don't grow weary yes. in well-doing, beloved. We need you to be who you're here to be. And you and us, we don't have to change the system. We have to be authentic to ourselves and do what we're called to do, do what, what makes us come alive and help the person in front of us, like Mother Teresa said. Don't don't feed the world. Feed the person in front of you. I was just going to say that because huh. that it gets overwhelming to think. Well, I this system, this church yeah, is huge. I can't, you know, as we've seen yeah. in so many movies like Spotlight and things like that. That when you come against the church, they come against you. Yes, and and uh, that's big. Yes. So 
But we don't need to worry about that. Again, if you, you can't feed the world, feed the person in front of you. Yes. You can't love the world at once. Love the person in front of you. Follow that still small voice and trust that there are millions, billions of others just like you doing, doing, the, doing the same That's thing. That's right. And the world is changing for the better. The numbers show it. The numbers show that people are becoming more and more and more awake Mm-hmm. on these things people's and the ground hearts, is right. in people's hearts and the ground is crumbling underneath this patriarchal system, but they're, they're screaming about it, yeah. kicking and screaming because they don't like that. They're in the death throes of this system. So mm-hmm. don't confuse that with being overwhelmed. Yeah. Beloved, we tell you this and we will, I will say right now that we will continue this work yeah. Because anything less is to abandon our post. Yeah. And as long as we're called, we're here. And that's what, that's what we want you to do. We want you to listen to the spirit, this, that still small voice to lead you. As you deconstruct, as it gets scary, the who that you will become, beloved, is the beautiful who that you authentically are. Yeah. And the church has distorted that. Yeah. And taught a lot of things that have put you, put that down. Right. And that beauty will explode as yeah. you deconstruct. Oh, That's yeah. who oh, yeah. you won't, you won't lose. You're going to gain so much in this process. But yeah. all you need to do, <laughs> love the person in front of you, continue to listen to that, that, that still small voice of spirit in every yeah. step. And you will regain your power. Yeah. You will regain your power. And sometimes it, it's a, it feels like a lot of pressure. Yeah. But Billie Jean King so famously said, pressure is a privilege. That's right. This work we do is a privilege and it's an honor and a joy. And thank you for this time that you spend with us. It yes. means so much to us. Yes. You. Yes, it does. Indeed. And we, we make sure to practice self-love and self-care with ourselves, with each other, with our kids, and with our community. <laughs> and then we come back to the keyboard. Come back to the microphones. And, yeah. and I hope that you practice love and self-care with each other, with your close people, and, and with your community, and then do the next thing. Yeah. That's all there is to do. So let's keep up the good work together and know that the very thing we're here for is to love your neighbor as yourself. Love above all else. You are beloved. We love you. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant, inclusive community for you at freedhearts.org. Please just come say hello. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, just email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Audio engineering is provided by Luke Johnson. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Center. You can find out more about her and her music at heystcenter.com. Please share, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform, and support us if you can. Thanks for listening.